thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal my soul fast once again. Lord, I am excited to be in your presence again this morning. I say thank you for this beautiful day that you have given us. Scripture says that this is the day that you have made. You will cause us to rejoice and be glad in today. And so, Lord, I thank you for the blessings of today. I thank you for the benefits of today. I thank you, Lord, for the gift of life again this morning. Thank you for the grace to come into your presence. Thank you for your mercies that is poured out again this morning. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the name of Jesus. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the precious Holy Spirit. We give you all the praise and glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, we join the host of the angels to worship your holy name this morning. We cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the creator of all things. We cry out, holy, righteous, beautiful, is the Lord God Almighty, Alpha and Omega. Receive all the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, as we read our Bibles this morning, we ask that you will speak to us. We ask that you will grant us wisdom and understanding this morning and let your name be glorified in our lives once more. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome, a big welcome to everyone joining into devotion this morning. I am Murphy Ayenike. I hope you're doing well. I hope the family is good this morning. Welcome to our daily devotional. We continue reading the book of Matthew. Uh, yesterday we stopped on Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15, that was on verse 20. We take it from there and hope to complete Matthew chapter 16 this morning. I thank you for, for your attention to the word of God. Please continue to read your Bible and pray every day. I know everything in the Bible might not yet make sense to you, but the days are coming. The day is coming where you will understand the word of God for yourself you will be able to rightly divide the world. When you are facing a situation, you will find that the word of God just comes to you. Yes, that's why we read our Bibles every day. Hallelujah. All right, so verse 21, there's the faith of a Gentile woman. It says, Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Sidon. A, gent a Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. Exactly the way any, any Jew or Israelite would have called him, right? 
for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. A demon that torments her severely. So, when we did the Ammonite study, we, we observed that Matthew, more than any other person, really mentioned demons and oftentimes connected situations happening with the effect of demons or the manipulation of demons. So this girl is suffering, is tormented severely, but it's by a demon. She's possessed by a demon. But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Then his, his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away. They said, she is bothering us with all our begging. <laughs> then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to, the, to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. Jesus is talking about his earthly ministry because by the time Jesus rises from the dead and his blood has been presented as an atonement for the sins of mankind, Jesus will send them to the old world. But while he was physically here on earth, Jesus says, I'm, I'm I am sent to the lost sheep, the people of Israel. But she came and worshipped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, that's true, Lord. But even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. <laughs> Dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your daughter, your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. You see that? Her daughter was instantly healed. If you saw her physically, it looked like she was suffering severely from a sickness but we note this morning that the the ailment or whatever it was was caused by a demon so the minute jesus said your request is granted jesus did not even have to go and talk to the demon your request is granted the demon had no choice the demon left left that little girl hallelujah Next, we see Jesus heals many people. Jesus returned to the Sea of Galilee and climbed a hill and sat down. A vast crowd brought to him people who were lame, blind, crippled, those who couldn't speak, and many others. They laid them before Jesus and he healed them all. He healed them all. The crowd was amazed. Those who hadn't been, been able to speak while, while talk, were talking. The crippled were made well. The lame were walking. And the blind could see again. And they praised the God of Israel. Sincerely, Jesus was trying to avoid this. Yes, Jesus was trying to avoid this. Because gradually you can see that the focus of his ministry had now become healing and healing. I'm not saying that healing you know, and miracles were not part of his, of why he had come. They were important. Jesus said, look, uh, today 
um, I this scripture is fulfilled. And what scripture was fulfilled? He said, "I have been I have been called to preach the gospel to 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 the poor, to give beauty for ashes." Okay, so some of these things you can call them that, right? The fulfillment of that message, that prophecy by Isaiah. But I am sure Jesus would have loved to spend more time teaching and giving them the word just to correct their theology correct their understanding of the world i would i would expect when we get to heaven i would have, i would love to ask this question next jesus feeds four thousand then jesus called his disciples and told them i feel sorry for these people they have been here with me for three days and they have nothing left to eat i don't want to send them away hungry or they will faint along the way the disciples replied, where would we get enough food here in the wilderness for such a huge crowd? Jesus asked, how much bread do you have? They replied, seven loaves and a few fish. A few small fish. Remember the last time it was five loaves and two fish. Now it's seven loaves and a few small fish. So Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish Thank God for them and broke them into pieces. He gave them to the disciples who distributed the food to the crowd. Like I said, it's clearly it's in Jesus' hand that it's multiplying. They all ate as much as they wanted. Afterwards, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food. There were 4,000 men who were fed that day, in addition to all the women and children. Then Jesus sent the people home, and he got into a boat and crossed over to the region of Magadan. Jesus crossed over to the region of Magadan, but you can see that Jesus healed the sick. They were hungry. He ensured that they were, they were fed. You know, there were no anyone lacking in Jesus, in the presence of Jesus. Jesus did something did something for them and it's it's very important to note that because um jesus is alive today and he is doing the same he is doing the same today also hallelujah next we move on to matthew chapter 16 and here the confrontation with jesus you know steps up again one day the pharisees and sadducees came to test jesus demanding that he showed them jesus they were demanding that jesus showed them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority all he had been doing the multiplying of the loaves when was the last time they saw loaves loaves of bread multiply when was the last time when was the last time they saw the they saw anyone's you no know, just simply say that it was done and a demon came out of anyone. Those were miraculous signs. However, they were demanding that he showed them, he, he, he amused them with a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. I don't know what would have had to happen or maybe he would have had to do like Joshua and say the sun should not go down and then the sun will be up for three days. Maybe then they will be lived. But I, I can promise you, it didn't matter what Jesus did back then and it would not have mattered they would have they would have had come up with an explanation of why what had happened 
was happening in other words they would not believe in him verse 2 says he replied you know the saying red skies at night means fair weather tomorrow red sky in the morning means foul weather all day you know how to interpret the weather signs in the sky but you don't know how to interpret the signs of the times you don't know how to interpret the signs of the time only an evil adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign but the only sign i will give them is the sign of the prophet jonah in other words jesus was giving them a sign he said the only sign he will give them only an an, an evil adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign but the only sign I will give them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. They didn't understand that he was telling them that just as Jonah was in, because they would have asked themselves, what was the sign of the prophet Jonah? Jonah spent three days in the belly of, of the fish. Then maybe Jonah preached to Nineveh. Okay, what would have been the sign he was talking about? It would have been clear that it was this spending three times in in the depths of ages if you want to call it that then jesus left them and went away later after they crossed to the other side of the lake the disciples discovered they had forgotten to bring any bread they discovered they had forgotten to bring any bread watch out jesus warned them beware of the yeast of the pharisees and sadducees Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. At this, they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. They hadn't brought any bread. So they began to argue with one another. Jesus knew what they were saying. So he said, you have so little faith. Of course, I'm not talking about bread. Jesus wasn't definitely talking about bread. So to be sincere, Jesus never multiplied loaves for himself and the disciples. Did you notice that? Yes, he never multiplied loaves for them. However, if they needed money to buy loaves of bread, to buy loaves of bread, it would not have been a problem. They would get bread, okay? Or they would get the money to go and get the bread. So that should not be a problem. Why? The only reason why we think they... They related this, they related this to Jesus talking about bread would be that the first time when Jesus multiplied the five loaves and two fish, maybe a few days after everything had wasted. Everything had wasted. Now, this time also, they gathered together several baskets of leftovers. Okay, and they should have had, at least have had some bread for a few days. Now, it's Immediately Jesus talks about bread. They realized they didn't have any bread again. Uh-huh. And they just automatically related it. Just linked it back and began to, I'm sure, began to blame one another. Peter, it's your fault. You are the one that said we should throw it away. Blah, 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 blah. So, Jesus said they should beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And at this, they began to argue <laughs> with each other because they they hadn't brought any bread. Jesus knew what they were saying, so he said, you have so little faith. Why are you arguing with each other about having no bread? Why? 
Why are you arguing about having no bread? I'm not talking, I am not talking about bread. <laughs> when I say the yeast of the Pharisees, Jesus was not talking about bread. Why are you arguing with each other about having no bread? Don't you understand even yet? Don't you remember the 5,000 I fed with five loaves and the baskets of less leftover you, leftovers you picked up? Or the 4,000 I fed with seven loaves and the large baskets of leftovers you picked up? Why can't you understand that I am not talking about bread? Why? Can't you understand that I am not talking about bread? So again, I say, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Since then, at last, they understood that he wasn't speaking about the yeast in bread, but about the deceptive teachings of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Not just their teaching, I'm sure, their influence. You can see how they have come to try to influence, and I'm sure they would have come to Jesus right there in the midst of the crowd. If you know that you are the son of God, if you know you are the son of David, if you are the son of David indeed, oh yeah, oh yeah, give us a miraculous sign, you know, from, from heaven. They were trying to influence the people, and that was what Jesus was warning the disciples about beware of the yeast of the Pharisees, beware of the deceptive teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And I think today we should we should beware. Beware of the yeast of social media. Yes. Beware of the deceptive teachings <laughs> on social media. Okay? So many false teachings here and there. Please pay attention to the word of God. Alright, so verse 13 says that when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Who do, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah. You are the Messiah. Or the Christ, right? <laughs> you are the Messiah. Of course, Messiah will be Hebrew. Christ will be, will be the Greek. <laughs> so you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Remember that this is not the first time they are making this declaration, right? We made, we made it clear. That day where they were, they were battling the, the waves and Jesus walked on water to them and the waves were stilled. Or when Peter asked him that if it is you, tell me to come. And Peter walked on water. Eventually, they got back into the boat. When he got back into the boat, they called him the Son of God. Okay? He said the Son. Peter said the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, of John, Simon, son of John, or Simon Barjona, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. In other words, Peter received a personal revelation. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church and all the powers of hell. All the powers of hell or all the gates of hell will not conquer it. 
and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth, whatever you bind on earth, whatever you lock on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit, whatever you permit or whatever you lose, whatever you open on earth will be permitted, will be permitted in heaven. Was Jesus saying he was specifically giving Peter, Peter, Peter alone, the keys of the kingdom? That is not how I understand this verse. Jesus is telling the disciples, the one who receives this revelation accepts him, Jesus, as the Christ, the son of the living God. That's what happened when we become born again. Uh Receives the keys of the kingdom. Receives the authority to bind and to lose. Hallelujah. Verse 20. Then he sternly warned the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Lastly, let's read the final verses for this chapter. It says, From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. That was a sign of the prophet Jonah. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid at 33 years. How can you be talking about dying? Heaven forbid, Lord. He said, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are saying things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Is Jesus saying that Peter has transformed into Satan? No. Jesus is simply addressing Satan, who is using the mouth of Peter. Peter had allowed himself to become an instrument in the hand of Satan. So yes, Jesus is addressing Satan, but Jesus wasn't calling Peter Satan. Peter had just allowed himself, his mouth, his vocal cords, his mind to be used to launch out Satan's suggestion or idea. Verse 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. You see that? Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. What and what? do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul what is anything what more than your soul for the son of man will come with the angels in the glory of his father and will judge all people according to their deeds and i tell you the truth some standing here right now will not die before they see the son of man coming in his kingdom hallelujah Big blessings for us as we go this morning. Listen, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. Give your life to Jesus. That's my encouragement. Give your life. Give all, everything that you have. Give it to Jesus this morning. And Jesus says that you will save your life. 
Next, I say beware of the influence of, of the yeast of social media. Beware of the influence of social media. You stay, stay with the word of God. Yes, stay with the word of God. And lastly, lastly this morning, Peter received a revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. I pray this morning for everyone listening that God will give you a revelation of Jesus. A revelation of Jesus as the Christ, of Jesus as the Messiah. You will know him better and better from today. In the mighty name of Jesus, when you read your Bible, the word of God will open up to you. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, we say thank you this morning. We thank you because you are the Christ. We thank you because you are the Son of the living God. We bless your name again this morning. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.